Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Topic. It's 
how to build a people's party, how to build a people's party. What's the ins and outs? What does it take? What's, you know, how do we build alliances? What's the difference between an alliance and a coalition? What's the ideology? What's the practices? What should be the main focus, the goal, and the direction of a people's party? And I guess just to boil down to what is a people's party? A lot of times we have a lot of parties that, you know, we find this in when we study history um, from other organizations that have preceded us, even in when you find um, one of the disagreements that Fannie Lou Hammer had with Dr. Martin Luther King is in their organizations, of their so-called parties, the leadership or the power was from the top down. They believe that the upper, the top, the leaders, should have the power, almost forming like an elitist type of thing going on. But we, the People's Party, we say that power comes from the people, so power is from the bottom up. It's the masses of people that elect their leaders. It's the masses of people that empower their leaders. It's the masses of people, or if, if leaders is even a good word. We here at the New Black Panther Party, and I know down here in Atlanta, we prefer the word, you know, that's why we say ministers, because we are ministers and we're administering to the people. We're here to serve the people. We're here to try to fill in the needs of the people where the people have needs and when they have those particular needs through not just physical services by creating programs and social services, but through educational programs, through educate, through political education, to let us know why we're in these predicaments that we're in, to let us know the strategy of the enemy and how they're coming against us, why they're coming against us, when they're coming against us, and some of the tactics that they will even use coming against us. And this is why I say that we're here. We're here. We're privileged at the People's Party, the New Black Panther Party, the People's Party. We're privileged to have a national chairman, a leader who has been through this, who has actually been a a combatant in the war, in the revolution, in the Black Revolution or the African Revolution here on the shores of North America, and has been a not just a casualty, but a victim of COINTELPRO. Them coming against him, his workplace, his job place, um, his family, something I can, you know, can attest to firsthand. So it's good to be able to have this type of leadership that recognizes some of the signs and the symptoms, that knows a lot of the tactics and the strategies that our enemy will use and that can guide us through these tumultuous moments. Because make no mistake, brothers and sisters out there, we are at a war. And the only way that we will survive this war, the only way we will survive this onslaught, this continuous persecution that's coming at us is to is unification, is to build this party. And not just party along the lines of uh, like we see the Democratic and the uh, Republican Party, party in that sense, but a revolutionary party, a party in the sense that pushes and promotes a proper black nationalist ideology so that we can go into bigger buildings, something that our national chairman speaks about a lot, which is building a society a black nationalist society. So we want to go, we want to ask him, we want to ask him a little bit about that. We want his enlightenment and touching in on that. Then I call us. Remember, this is the people's party. This is the people's voice. This is your opportunity out there listening to have your say, to put your comments, your critiques, and what you think in line, and what you think. So what we're going to do now, let's open up the line to our national chairman, your brother, my brother, uh, our national chairman, Chairman Kahar. Brother Kahar. Yes, sir. 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 Yes, sir.
Are you with us? Black Power, yes, I am. Black Power, Black Power, sir. I just walked in the door. Some good timing, you know. For sure, we ain't going to catch no bus all out in that ice. So I uh, with the bus. Yeah. No, go ahead. What was you saying, sir? Uh, so I wish the uh, brothers and the sisters, the uh, uh, li- the listening audience, uh, I hope they ain't got the weather like we got it here. You know, it's cold, icy, it's right slippery, up. but you know, you know, the work goes on. Uh, the cop of the day that we would want to deal with, and we want the people to get involved. It, uh, this is a very important topic because this is one of the things that is causing uh, much damage within the community. And those who choose to oppress us, which we know is a white supremacist system uh, that is run by not only the uh, economic wing of uh, white racism, uh, the military wing, which is the police of white racism, the political, the education system. But how do we fight that in terms of building unity? You know, we can come together to go to a party, uh, we can come together and have a million-man march, a million-woman march, a million-children march. Uh, we can march and say Black Lives Matter. Uh, we can come to Kwanzaa uh, seven days uh, within Google Sabbath. Uh, we can deal with African Liberation Day. Uh, we can have Savior's Day. We can have all this coming together in unity. And last for seven days, it, it depends on the activity. One day, it depends on the activity. But how do we bring about principle unity? And when I say principle unity, unity that is based upon the revolutionary uh, nationalistic principles. In terms of what I'm saying, what principle that we can use that can unite the black nationalist family uh, here in America and at the same time uh, unity principles with those who do not uh, 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 accept the black nationalist uh, ideology. Uh, excuse me, black nationalist ideology, but have other ideologies, but are uh, African descent. Live in the same project house, live in the same community, go to the same school, and if got a job, on the same job, but yet we are divided. Believing in the same God but have a different uh, group over here and a different group over here, a different group over here. So what is the principle? And see, this is open, and and this is why this is an open conversation with the community, because I have seen and met too many people say, well, I got the answer, and I I don't believe in no organization, and I don't need no organization, I don't need no unity. I got it, and just just, uh, just me and God, and I ain't worried about that. You know, and I got everything, but yet the people who are, who who organizing to oppress us have principal unity, and their principal unity is white supremacy. You know, yeah. and and they are the one that empower not only power locally but internationally. So I want to open it up, and I want to hear some people that I will come back, and I'm telling you, uh, uh, people say they call me uh, uh, chairman. But my child is brother. I'm brother, Jim. So, so right I'm definitely, you know, and definitely want to get with the sister. So let's deal with this because I will unity based upon this, and I'll leave it open for discussion. United we live 
divided we die. I said again, right united we live, divided we die. And I'll, I, I go back to you, Brother Yanger, and let's get this flowing. Let's get the family uh, rolling in here because I'm thawing out from out there in all that cold, <laughs> you know, and boy, and it's, and it's white and ice, you know. So he's letting you know we showing up dealing with some white supremacy here because that ice, you know, got everything covered. So uh, let's let's let us get forward and 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 share in the wisdom and what we talking about. Let's let us look deep inside and give the wisdom that grow. And we always say it's a sin to open your mouth and you can't grow anybody, but mm-hmm. always destroying. We want to now yeah, come is. to the point where when we open our mouth, we grow people and not destroy people. So we have to once again that principle of unity. So I uh, give it back to our host. Uh, Definitely, uh, uh, Yang and Kuma. Uh, go ahead, brother. Well, right on. That's what we're talking about, how to build the people's party and then building the people's party. Principle unity. What's going to bring about this unity? I think that Chairman Kahar so adequately put it, you know, that the white supremacists, despite the group, skinheads, Ku Klux Klan, white Christian identity movement, U.S. government, you name it, whatever white supremacy movement, they all identify and can all come together with a they have principled unity because they have the same objective and the same goal. But we want to hear from you. You know how we do on New Black Panther Party Radio, the People's Party. We open it up to the people because we are the People's Party, the people's voice. What are some of the things that's going to bring us principled unity? What are some of the things that's going to bring about, like I was saying earlier, some of the visions of our Chairman Kaha, but where we have these individual parties coming together to form this black nationalist society? This society of black nationalists, brothers of uh, men and women, coming together with a common goal, a common aim. Let's get the number out there. Our number is area code six four six six five two two four nine nine. And if you want to say something, just push one. You'll be recognized in the queue, and you will be opened up. But one of the things you want to talk about, one of the things we want to talk about is in, in our principle in our principle unity and we talk about the have the effects of principle unity. What are what are the uh what are some of the things that we can do to bring this about? And why the importance? What is how did the lack of principled unity affect us in the past? you know, with the dis- disagreements between or the alleged disagreements between Dr. King and Malcolm X, what took place with all the other organizations uh, between the uh, uh, the NAACP with, uh, I believe it was the boys, was it, Brother Chairman, and the Honorable Mark C. Garvey with the, um, yes. with the UNIA ACL, you know, this lack of principal unity that led to this division, right. that led to Africans fighting like pit bulls. There's like a principal unity. I don't know if anybody ever watches Fox News. They got these Negro police officers. I'm going to say this nigga on there. Even then, I'm not the biggest. I'm not the biggest Al Sharpton fan. But damn, some of the things that this cat was coming out saying, man, you know, it, it reminds me of what uh, Malcolm said. He said, anytime that a brother does something, they will always find this Negro, another black man, to go offset and talk about what the brother has done. This lack of principled unity. This lack of thing that won't allow us to get this black nationalism going. Our lack of understanding, one of the things that we even talk about, 
We have brother uh, Chairman K attest to this. There's our lack of understanding of revolutionary black nationalism and how it correlates and must evolve to a revolutionary pan-Africanism. The difference between the pan-Africanist and the black nationalist or the alleged difference or the perceived difference. Us of those out here at the New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, underneath this um, tutelage and education of our Chairman Kahar and the uh, Panther Education Committee, the PEC, we understand that this difference is only a difference created and exasperated by our enemies at hand. That in order to be a true Pan-Africanist, you must be an African, uh, a black nationalist. You must. You can't say that I'm just I'm a Pan-Africanist. And I, you know, for Pan-African, for people everywhere, we're African people everywhere, we shit, there's African people right there in your neighborhood. So you have to start at home. And to be a true black nationalist in the spirit of black nationalism, where that you want to see black people empowered, yeah, you start at home, but anywhere there's black people. In that particular locale, you want to help them start their nationalism and have a love and a, and a reverence and a respect for those people, which is just naturally uh, uh, pan-Africanism. So as we call it, and when you study in our manner, a universal, we call it universal African nationalism. See, we're not going to let these, these devils play around with these titles. We're not going to get up, caught up in their wordplay. This is why black people, when we talk, you say, you feel me? You know, we be we speaking a language that is not our native tongue, so we just go back. You feel me? We operating on some vibrational type stuff. There again, our lines are open. If you want to chime in, if you want to say something, press one, and we we'll recognize. And we discuss our one of the things I want to discuss in our when we talk about this practical unity. We want to talk about our apathy or our lack of participation in a political process. In a political process. I know I'm going to have a lot of brothers hitting the fan with that one. Oh, man, it don't mean nothing, man. What are you talking about? But even in the Panthers, when we say, when we read our manual, it says us as the black nationalists know that we must control the politics that affect our community. We must control the trillions of dollars that are flowing through our community. Unaccountable. And I'm not even talking about the ones what we're spending. I'm talking about when they build a jail in your community, Instead of a rec center, when they instead of when 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 they can put up uh, liquor stores and strip bars and all kind of things in your community, and then you go to this devil's community or you go to this other person's community. I'm not even gonna just keep saying the devil. I'm saying any people's community, other than your community, and they got everything that benefits and that edifies living: schools, gyms, uh, rec centers, everything that promotes and produces better and healthy, healthier living. And they keep giving us churches, liquor stores, and pawn shops. When they're zoned and sanctioned to do these by state and local government, because we don't get involved. Because we get these councilmen and these politicians who get a few dollars and a few kickbacks from these Walmarts and from these other big conglomerates and these corporations that they're putting the mom and pop stores out of business. Because you and we're so caught up in we don't know unity, we don't know collectivism, that we're so caught up in individualism that we say, oh, if voting don't mean I voted last week and I didn't get what I wanted. Because you as one individual voted and didn't get what you want, you think voting don't work. And you constantly have an example in the Jewish community. And us in large, from larger cities who have different ethnicities, I know in Atlanta, it's, you know, I'm down here in the A right now, coming from Cleveland, so there's a big difference. When you come to Cleveland, you see the ethnic enclaves. When you're from Chicago and New York, you see the ethnic enclaves. 
You see how when a people of a certain ethnicity band together and vote together and spend their money a certain way and have a certain social and cultural understanding and behavior towards one another, you can see the progression of those. Down here in Atlanta, we're dealing with a lot of neocolonialism. And I'd like my brothers and sisters in Atlanta to address that. How do we deal with these Negroes? This neocolonialism on international, locally down in Atlanta, nationally, we call it neocolonialism, Uncle Tomism. How do we deal with these so-called leaders, these civil rights leaders that they're putting in our faces to distract us from the bigger problem, which is an international revolution, which ties us to oppression, um, not just on a national scale, but an international scale, that ties us to the crimes that other people, that other countries are getting sanctions put against them on, that other countries are, are having bans levied against them, that they're practicing and participating in the same crimes against an African people here in America, and there's no accountability. Why? Let me address Why? some of that. Yes, sir, brother. I've been waiting for you to come on in. Talk to me, brother chairman. Uh, one is that uh, many of us, uh, once again, we dealing with uh, principle unity. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the things that uh, we quote, and uh, sometimes I find myself quoting, uh, we quote many of the fighters uh, by people uh, that came before us, and we take what they quote what uh, suits us, but we don't really look at and the history. And the work that people are doing, such as uh, uh, Brother Malcolm, and I say Brother Malcolm now, and then uh, Principal Unity, some brother might say, well, El Haj Malik, and some brother might say Omuwale, but I'm talking about the man, so let's make it clear. Uh, one thing is Malcolm said politically, black nationalism means to control the politics and the politician in our community. And so far, what we do, we elect a representative uh, from our community, and we put him in a pool that is controlled by white supremacy. But as soon as we put him in that pool, we expect him to do miracles when he cannot do miracles in a white-controlled political arena. And what I'm saying, black nationalism means that we have to have our own party. Uh, right here in America, a lot of brothers and sisters probably never heard of an a organization called NBIP. Uh And NBIP was built, it was a national political party. Uh, I participated in the NBIP. It was founded in Gary, and, uh, Indiana, and it, and it worked away. But what happened with it, like a political understanding and a political power that we have to have our own party. Uh, you see, white folks came up with a Tea Party. Uh, they're going to show the racist Republican Party that we can be racist than you, but when they all they all come together to get rid of Obama, who's realizing now that he was sitting in a seat that was controlled by a white supremacist uh, system. So I'm saying that in our community, we have the right to set up our own community control uh, politician, and that comes with the education system, that come with the uh, economic system, but then once again, how do we maintain and bring that uh, 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 principle together? We talk about land. Uh, we have various organizations talking about land. Then we, then the nation got land, and this organization got land. But why haven't we jumped on and deal with the economic plan 
that uh, uh, the nation has? Why haven't we jumped on with the nation plan that the republic has? Why haven't we jumped on the plan that many of the Hebrew nations have set up a land base? Once again, where is that principle of unity? And, and this is why I'm asking all of you, uh, what, what would it take? Uh, even as a Muslim, uh, even in the Quran, uh, we are taught that uh, by the token of time, man of society at laws itself such as have faith in God in a movement and do righteous deeds and join together in the establishing of truth and patience and with consistency. But do we have the patience? Many of us don't have the patience to to hold on and build some type of principle that will unite us. Uh, basically, when we come together, if my organization ain't the vanguard of this coalition, then whatever I say don't mean nothing. If I come in and say what I say that is right and somebody else say, well, we might go this way, we might go that way, uh, then uh, we have problems. I say the great example, the great example of, of principle unity is when you look in the mirror and see yourself, your head, your arms, your leg, mm-hmm. your body, your heart, and everything. That's principle unity. That That's maintain true. your health. That maintain yeah. your health. You know, and I mean, and before, go ahead, and go ahead, brother before Jim, we had a book, mm-hmm. before we had a book, before we had anything written on paper. The Creator put unity out in nature so that we can see how the trees reach right out on. and touch each other, and and then it end up be called what a forest, where the trees even make love to one another. One limb come to another limb until the lumberjack come and they cut the limbs down and do this and that. Everything reach out on on a, on some type of principle of unity. A small lake will find a stream, a stream will find an ocean so that they can unite. One puddle of water travel to it, try to find another puddle of water. What is our right principle? What is the principle that we must use and work on it? I'm not just saying just yeah, saying it, right. but are we willing to sacrifice for some principles that is able to unite us and not unite us in a uniformity way where we could be seen one time and not seen again. So once again, right. I leave that open. Okay, let's go to the phone lines. Area code seven seven zero two zero nine zero. You're on the line. Hey, what's going on, Yanga? Man, what's going on, man? What's going on, brother Black Sir? Hey, what's going on? I wanted to uh, answer the elder's uh, question. What we shouldn't do is use a theocracy to unify because I hear especially elders always complaining in the Bible, why we don't go to the nation? Why we don't go to the Hebrews? It's because you have to accept their uh, theocratic religious doctrine. And uh, one thing is, is a fact is we are not all on the same indoctrinated level as far as religion. So let's do it on a, um, let's do it on a, ask the people. I'd say let's, um, go to every city, every chapter, every county, and we have town halls and give a list of the wants. That's what we do, listen to the people, give a top ten list, and then we all vote on, like everybody give a top ten, and then we bring all the top tens together, and then we vote on the top tens out of that and prioritize. I think that's, that'll, that'll bring everybody out of the woodworks. But if you come to them talking about any type of theocracy, you're going to turn them off automatically. 
Right on, my man. Yeah, that's 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 my man, Black Sun, my MOI down here, and and we rock. And that's one of the things I love about Sun, you know, proud, open atheist, and he and he keeps me fresh like that. You know, he doesn't have a problem with me being a Muslim nut, but he keeps me fresh. Let's talk about that. One of the things that you can have is theocracy. Does theocracy divide? How are we gonna have a principal unity when, like he said, if we're quoting from Quran? Uh, uh, Torah, Injil, Bible, whatever holy scriptures the people are using, and even even most using God, like my man's son calls him Sky Daddy, talking about your Sky Daddy. So is the principle unity based on that? Is that something that um, we can use? Are we mature enough or elevated enough to be able to look past these theologies or when we as Muslims use Islamic uh, rhetoric, for lack of better words, or Quranic thing, will that turn Christians off and turn their and turn their ears off. That's a that's a that's a very good point. And before you answer that, uh, Chairman Carl, let's go to this other line and let's get this 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 other call in real quick. I just want to answer that real quick. Did you have a something you want to say that real quick before I open the line up? That's what I like about the program. That is what we're talking about. Uh, principle unity and the building of principle unity. What is the negativity that is keeping us from coming about that? So that was a good question. That is one of the things that we have to deal with, and especially on our on the organization level, in terms of uh, our study, in terms of us going back and uh, look at the uh, the past and the mistakes that we made, and what uh, uh, what Black Sun has said uh, uh, happened then, and it's still happening now. Principle unity simply means that we have to find, come up with a solution to deal with that, and this is why uh, we came up with the topic tonight. What is the, what is the solution to deal with that? And uh, uh, it will mention a call town hall meeting. We have unity uh, here. One of the things that we're doing here that I'm working with a, a committee called Social, uh, Social Justice Committee, one of the things that, that we do in terms of principal unity, right now we're having a problem here with police murder, Police brutality, police misconduct, and uh, 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 the people come around that coming from different philosophies and different ideologies. But we got a common objective now. The common objective is to deal with and and end the murdering of our people by the police. But how? But how do we maintain that when uh, uh, you said it earlier that the system bring about? They uh, homegrown Negro leaders and uh, place them in that. What does it take to maintain that unity and maintain that consistency? Because there's police brutality, but there's also economics, there's also politics, there's also social dealing with the education system. Right. What is need to take in? And we can't say it's going to take overnight, is it, and we believe in a generation struggle, generation after generation, because we hear and we're able to talk the way we talk, and we're able to understand certain levels of philosophy and ideology because those who came before us who properly stayed on their post and passed mm-hmm. this bill for us to pass this on. So we understand that this is not going to come overnight, but we need to look at it and address what is happening to us when all the years the same thing of genocide that had been committed against our people and we have not yet came up to the point where we do have that type of unity where we have some threat to white supremacists as a right whole. On. Right on. 
Let's go to these phone lines, man. Let's 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 take this. And son, if you want to get back in, man, like I said, man, hit your hit your queue again. Come out of the queue. Press one to come out and come back in, and we open up. This is New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, Black Nationalist Network, the People's Voice, the People's Talk. You got your man, National Spokesman Yang and Krum on the line, as always, every week being hosted, man. So and blessed to be so by National Chairman uh, Chairman Abdul Kahn out of Cleveland, Ohio. We're gonna hit this phone line right now. We had you patiently waiting. Area code nine eight zero nine four one eight. You're on the line. Hey, it's Mayata. Hey, Mayata, what's going on? You got something to talk about? Well, actually, no, I just wanted to call and let you know that I have actually um, spread the word around. We have some people listening. Some new cats on the block that's over here on the, and I just want to let you know you no have doubt. our full support. Okay, well, that's 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 my um, national. Uh, I mean, damn national. That's I must be speaking it in pro- prophecy, my doctor. That's my assistant and my youth <laughs> minister. We're looking at some. I was talking to Chief of Staff, and we were discussing you about some other things to some other positions. But we'll wrap at that as our central meeting, as as we do. But thank you so much, my doctor, for calling in. Thank you for supporting your chairman and supporting your party nationally and locally. You're doing wonderful work. Let's go to the. We're going to go to, and if you have anything to say, my yacht, I'm going to take you off. Just hit one again. Come on in. You're always welcome, Queen. Let's go back. Let's go to our phone lines again. Let's um, go to area code 216-3921. You're on the line with New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, People's Voice, Black Nationalist Network, uh, chair, uh, National Chairman Kahar, and National Spokesman Nkrumah. Your lines are open. Ungawa, Black Power. Ungawa Black Power, bro. That's right. It's Brother Shreve, Muhammad Minister, Defense of the Black National Society in Cleveland, Ohio. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, glad uh, to have I, you on the line, man. Oh, uh, yes, sir. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Okay. I hear that the tra- the chairman was, was speaking about the principle of unity, and we know that our skin is our uniform. That's that's our foundation, right? It should be our foundation. Our 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 skin is our uniform. We have to go back to the roots, okay? We have our flags, which is black, red, and green, red, black, and green. We all can relate to the colors, right? Yes, sir. Um, right. This is this is what we use to like unify us, right? But I know we need something more solid than that. But that catch even a baby's eye. The colors do. Mm-hmm. Even a, a black child know that the black, red, and green colors identifies with them. Right on. I, I know we need something more, more solid, as far as like uh, our, our revolution. We need a, a, a real revolutionary change. You know, revolution means change. So we really yes, need a, a real revolution going amongst our people, right? In, in their minds, the mindset, mm-hmm. the colors so, is so one. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, sir. Come on. No, come on, so brother, Mister, I was going to ask you, man, because to have you, you know, and I'm honored to have you on this line, man. I'm ta- I talk to J- uh, Chairman Kahar often, and he tells me, hey, he's like, look, I was just on the phone building with the Defense Minister and the Black National Society. So, man, we be rapping. So it's it's always good and a pleasure and a privilege to be speaking to you now and to have you on our on our line. One of the things you say, you say that our people, we need that revolutionary thing. What ways do you think we can spark this uh, this love this thirst, this hunger for revolution in the everyday masses of people. How would we, what, what are some ideas and suggestions that you have for us as revolutionaries to go out and to spark this in our people? One thing that I always try to in, 
Institute is the Naguza Sapa, the seven basic principles, mm-hmm. right? It starts with yes, identity, sir. right? Umoja. Yes, sir. Right. I usually uh, use the seven basic principles in my teachings, right? I teach the mm-hmm. youth to the adults, right? And I always use the mm-hmm. Naguza Saba, the seven basic principles. One, our unity, Umoja, self-determination, Kujichagalia, Ujima, our collective work and responsibility, Ujama, our corporate economics, Nia, our purpose, Kumba, our creativity, Imani, our faith. And I know our, our faith, we don't have our faith that, that we once had as, as a strong people, right? We are mm. we're too compromising. Mm. We're too right compromising. We every, time we, every time we get a, 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 a foot, we it seem like we take a, a yard back. Mm. We so we 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 we, uh, we compromise. We don't have the faith that we once had. We compromise everything that we have. You know what I'm saying? I mean, mm. we can't we can't compromise our skin. We can't. <laughs> right on. <laughs> we stuck with this uniform. You know what I'm saying? Right. I wear right. my black uniform as well. Right. Literally. Mm-hmm. We got the same uniform, brother. See, that's, that's what it is, right? Okay, and, and I heard you speaking about the black nationalism. Right, over here in the northern hills of America, right? Okay. And we know about the pan-Africanism. The black nationalism, all we're doing is trying to reserve and preserve our history and our culture of our ancestors over here, right? Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course, this is an all-African people movement which is the red, black, and green, but we're reserving and preserving the culture right here in America. We ain't going no damn way, right? We're going to fight like hell with the black, right red, and green. Our people come first. In any, in any revolution, the people is first. That's why we say black right. for our people, the red for the blood, the blood, and the green is for the land. And yeah, every right people on. lives off the land. Yeah. Yes, we need we need our own land. We have to get our own. Do for self, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So that's do we have self. to use that unity, the self help. Do for self. Mm-hmm. Our unity so, is the key. So I believe in this principle, unity. It's our foundation, brother. It's right our on. salvation. Our unity. Right on. Unity. And I'm, I'm I'm getting my brother. By the means, man, and I'm you know freelance man. Thank you so much again, brothers and sisters. That was brother Minister Sharif, Defense Minister Sharif, Black National Society, brother man from the depths of my heart. New Black Panther Party National Spokesman. It's great to have you on because that's our whole evolution progress process is to evolve not just into individual isolated parties, but into a whole society. And and linking up and having you on there, man, and really doing that thing, man, is a tremendous thing to us. Here at the party, brother chairman, you heard what your man yeah, said. Sure. You know, you want to. I know, I know you're ready to build off of that. I know you got some people you're dropping to add to that. Uh, yeah, one is uh, 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 working with the um, uh, Nationalist Society here, uh, the Honorable uh, Harlett Jones, that also was known as Harlett X, uh, one yeah, of the uh, one of the brothers that participated. Uh, in bringing about the first uh, uh, black mayor in a major city, 
And Brother when Prime I say Minister, that one of the first, yes, uh, Brother Prime yes. Minister, uh, Brother Holly Jones, that uh, made his transition. And what people didn't understand, uh, that the election here in Cleveland was due to the power of the black nationalist uh, uh, movement here. And it was due whoa, to whoa, that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. Because you said some key things that a lot of people don't hit on in black people. You said the power of the election was due to the black nationalists. So you're saying black nationalists do get involved with their local politics. Uh, correct. And this is historical facts uh, that uh, the black nationalist formation that in the end became under the prime minister leadership, the black national society. In a society, you have many institutions uh, in a society. In Cleveland, uh, during the 60s, when the rebellion came down, uh, Brother Malcolm X came down and spoke at Corey Church. And the first lecture that Malcolm gave was Ballad of the Bullet. And during that time, uh, Malcolm, speaking of Ballad of the Bullet, the uh, black nationalist formation was in what we call a military formation and were waging uh, military war uh, in Cleveland against the uh, racist system, uh, the police department, and uh, City Hall. And because of the progress that was being done here, that the black nationalists not only did that, but organized the people to remove a racist white male and put Carl Stokes in. And when Carl Stokes got in, the first thing Carl Stokes did, he healed to one of the demands of the black nationalists, and this is history. This is no romanticizing or none of this. The first thing he did was put all, never before, put all of the white policemen out of the black community. Put all of the white police out of the black community due to because of the black nationalist formation here. And so the first job that counterintelligence had to do now, because we have principal unity, the principal unity was a black national society. Prior to it being a black national society, Cleveland was known as Black Libya. And that means that the uh, uh, black nationalist movement here was united. And because we were united, we brought it by the black male, so counterintelligence, and, and removed the racist policemen from the community Counterintelligence program then stepped in, and their job was to divide the black national formation and break up the principal unity that we had. And that principal unity was to remove the racist policemen from the community and establish a black a black economic base here in Cleveland. And so today, the society, the few brothers and sisters who are still part of the society, that it's an honor for the people New Black Panther Party to work with as comrades, we still have the same principle unity today that we had back uh, uh, in the 60s. The brothers said that they have the black, red, and green flag. We understand that the Republic got their flag, and we follow the red, black, green flag of the Honorable Marcus Messiah Garvey. And I make it clear when brothers come to me, I don't argue on the question of the flag because I say in a nation Many societies have their own flag, but they are one nation. You can go mm -hmm. to the motherland now, and each nation got their own flag. But the Kwame Krum and them said that it must be 
the United States of Africa, so they came up with the Organization of African American Unity. So Ghana didn't argue by the the, uh, the flag in Ethiopia. Ethiopia didn't argue by the flag uh, 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 in Mozambique, Mozambique, because we understood that we were a nation of people and that we consist of one society, and that was a black society, as my brother said. Our skin is our uniform. So that's why I say principle unity, because certain people would take the flag and say, oh, man, that brother flag is wrong. That's what you said. But in his formation, that flag is right, and it represents because the society, so we don't allow these things to separate us, and this one talk about principle unity. What is our target? Our target, in turn, we're dealing with white supremacists. Well, I was talking with a brother today, had a long conversation. The brother had a lot of wisdom in, in uh, terms of history, in uh, terms of the Hebrew nation, in uh, terms of, you know, uh, you know, uh, Kemet and uh, Ethiopian and all that. And I asked him a question. I said, good. I said, but what are we doing now with the situation now with the murdering, with the homeless of our people, with the destruction of the family, with the miseducation? I can deal with all that wisdom. But where's the principle now to unite our people, see? And that is the key. And i tell you why. The United States what they call themselves, when it comes to a, a country of color, they bring in NATO. And NATO, they, the Europeans have their differences because they all uh, are greedy uh, and they have no respect to one another. Uh, they even try to be able to dominate and see who's going to be the uh, head imperialistic uh, world order force on the planet. But when it comes to you and I, they put that down and they come under the principle of white supremacy. And then mm. you know so, I mean, before you go, let me ask you, because I want to ask you, you know, touch on something, you know, before you before you go into uh, the North Atlantic Terrorist Organization, I mean, our trade organization, NATO. Uh, one of the things you talked about was uh, how our skin is our uniform. And what I'm getting from that, and I think one of the points that has to be reiterated and stressed, and we get this from the Minister of Defense, uh, Sharif, is by a skin being uniform that black nationalism we 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 think that we have a luxury or we have the we we afforded the opportunity or the option to argue about flag colors or anything but that we're really fighting for um we're really fighting for our survival but before and 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 that be our skin color makes us a target whether you want to be or not but before we go into that channel car let's go to our phone lines one more time and we lighten up and I'll let you come back and address that is that okay sir Black power. You with me on Black power. Yes, sir. I'm definitely. Move forward. Area code 980-9418, I think is my answer. You're on the lines, Queen. Building off what the first person said, yes, we're compromising, and we're also compromising because of what we have been conditioned to do. Second thing. Second thing, um, going off of what. Going off of what the um, I forget his name, what the second person just said, who you just said you just come back from, come back to. Chairman Carr, that's your national, and 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 I'm advising everybody to level. That's the national chairman, Abdul Kahar. Okay, okay, the national. Yeah, okay. There you go. Yeah. All right, peace to him, brother. Um, but what he was saying about us, where the principles, basically, where are the morals in the black community? Hmm. Well, mm. I mean, we're compromising and we're conditioned to do specific things. That's because of the morals that have been taken and stripped away from us, and then the morals were basically force-fed to have. 
You see what I'm saying? For example, mm-hmm. the comparison. I was think I was driving. Um, I was driving. I was thinking. He was talking about the flag, you know. He was talking about the yeah. red, black, and green, and how it is red, and how here is red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. What does the white stand for? People. No, white people. <laughs> I mean, for real, that's in yeah. my opinion, stand for the people. The blood that we shed, the people, and the color of their eyes. To be honest with you. <laughs> now. I mean, I'm just saying. But yeah. in saying that, of course, you know, since I what to call, I love the youth and I love working with the children, because we're conditioned and because our morals have been stricken away from us, we're now conditioned to do whatever it means to survive. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You see what I'm yeah. saying? So, so you, I, I was working with mm-hmm. the youth, and we're talking about, you know, and the conversation is about principal unity, and I'm glad you're on, my, you know, my youth minister is working with the youth, and I know you do a wonderful job giving me on these college campuses, man. I made it within a meet. I was like, I want to get on the college campus. Sister picked out a phone, called up. People was making stuff happen. <laughs> on on the as far <laughs> so it was on the spot. So it's right on. This type of catch I deal with that. And that, not everybody can deal with Chairman Yanger. So you know, kudos to the sister. But with you, but finding out when we're dealing with, we're talking about principal unity and coming together. Yep. Um, yep. What 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 do you find out? is the biggest division amongst the youth. Because, you know, you and I are in a different age bracket. The biggest division amongst the youth. And what are some of the things that you think that we could work on as advice out here to the people working with the black youth that would bring them together and stop some of the division and chaos that we see affecting them? That's simple. The whole problem with today's youth, today's youth compared to about a couple of years ago, is common sense mm. and sense that ain't common. People just dumb nowadays. <laughs> okay. That's so it Break is. it down, I mean, though. People, Break I mean, it down. I mean, I mean, what do you mean? I mean, common sense. I know um, when I was um, carrying my daughter in my mm-hmm. second trimester, I came across a 13-year-old who didn't even know how to scramble eggs. But you ask her mm-hmm. to roll up some weed, she can do that in a heartbeat. I mean, mm. come on. You have to figure that and their morals and priorities. What are your priorities in life? People don't have priorities. All they want to do is drop a mixtape and get rich and famous real quick because they see no other way to actually excel in class or excel in school because everything at the school has been taken and washed down for us to be forced at an eight because of all bullshit. Mm. So mm. with that being said, the uncommon sense that I'm referring to is street sense. Yes, that's good, but even the thug has to go in to get warm sometimes. You know what I mean? But I mean, right while I was looking at, um, I was looking at, you know, tax seasons coming up. And I was looking at some of this stuff that I have to do for me to maintain my household and withholdings and things. They didn't teach me this in school. Mm. They didn't teach any of this stuff to me in school. They taught me about George Washington and what he did and how he stood outside and gave an inaugural speech in the snow and didn't wear a coat. I don't give a damn about all that. Teach me. Right. You there, my office? Mayata. Okay. Well, Mayata, come back on. I'm going to leave your mic open. That might be her daughter, JC, uh, my niece. You know what I'm saying? My new adopted niece messing with her. But let's go to um, Chairman Kahar. Back to Chairman Kahar. We'll discuss some of these things that uh, uh, Mayata was saying, my, my, my youth minister was saying down here about common sense being not so common about practical, one of the things that divides up us having a practical unity 
from, you know, and to break it down in a, another level, what I understood when she was saying about the young sister being able to roll a good blunt, like roast weed up and not be able to scramble eggs, it's hard to have unity when you're fighting for survival. When everyone, when someone who looks just like you is a meal ticket or a target or someone. To, so how do you address these issues of unity then? If we're looking for just, you know, okay, where's my next meal coming from? Where am I going to lay my head? You know what I'm saying? I understand this revolutionary talk we're doing, but I'm living in real life, you know, um, these things are happening to me. Or our school systems are failing. She was saying that they were teaching about George Washington in an overcoat, you know what I'm saying? And she has a learning tax season that's coming up, and she's a young, you know, a young sister holding her own, you know. Um, wait a minute, we got Mayata back on. Let's let her finish that statement up. Mayata, you hey, back with us? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm back with no you. Problem. I'm back with you. But that's hit the end button. I apologize to everybody that's listening. Basically, everything that's being conditioned to us now is so that we won't excel. Why is it that one of the biggest things that's being pushed right now is the music industry? Because there's mm -hmm. a dead-end future to it. Brother Yanger, we spoke about this earlier today. The only person I can mm -hmm. really applaud is the rapper 2 change. <laughs> right now I can. I mean, yeah, yeah you know, Jay-Z and Beyonce, whoop -whoop, yada, yada, whatever. But he came straight out of college, at college park. He did not graduate off the streets of Atlanta. He graduated from a college with a 4.0. Mm -hmm. And he has a daughter. And he has a daughter. And he's making sure, and he's showing now, and he's showing her, his daughter now that, you know, everything ain't about rapping. Everything ain't about, everything ain't about, you know, you know, going through the club, doing this, drinking that. Hold on, one moment, please. Richard, come over here. Yeah, we hear them sirens in the background, but so we know you back off yeah, in college park. Yeah, I, I, I didn't do anything. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he's out here in college park doing this, that, and the other, and the third. And basically, of course, you know, he had the song, Birthday, Jack Infamous in the clubs. If you know about it, then you know about it. But he said mm. that one of the reasons why he stopped doing all that is because his younger daughter was going around listening to him defame women like that, and then she went around singing it. So he didn't want someone else treating his daughter the same way My that he author. was supposed to be uh -huh. yeah let me see because we have a lot of older line um, um listeners on the line too could you go into a little bit about the the thing about first of all for our older audience listening audience out there two chain is a very uh -huh. popular rapper not just in atlanta okay, out of atlanta out of that college bar charlie i can give you i can, but, I can give him the, i can give you all the diagnosis too basically yeah. two chains is a um is a renowned rapper here in atlanta um, he began and did not make a successful career at first, as his name is kind of derogatory, his original name. But his name now, it's I. You see him later? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it, sister, because you're doing a lot. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> just, well, we just bump it up because I want you to get to the point of, you know, the um, the interview with, what's her name, Nancy Gray? And, and oh. actually, what two and actually what two change is attempting to do now? That's what okay, I was alluding jumping, to. Yeah. Okay, jumping ahead, two change was a rapper. Now he is actually putting his he took off his rapper hat, he put on his family hat, and now he's put on his political hat. He went up against a debate with Nancy Grace on television, national live television, about le legalization of marijuana and things regarding marijuana. And Nancy Grace was shut down by Two Chains. She's declared a rematch, but he's not going to take it. As a result, Two Chains has decided to go. I think I have to go back and read it. Don't quote me on this, everybody. But I believe he's going back to study politics and things like that, so that he can run for the mayor of College Park. He is the first rapper 
I know of. I mean, there could be some in the past, but he's the first rapper I know of of this day and age who has actually realized that his life is not out in the streets. That's my whole point. There's not right a life on. out in the streets because all roads lead somewhere, whether it be to jail, to a home, or to a grave. They all lead somewhere, including the dead end. Mm-hmm. And then that means you got to turn around and head back that way and go back and go back go back on the road you already went through. And that's the importance, and saying what, you know, and that's the importance of us getting out there, brothers and sisters, listening to our youth, knowing who our youth is. Like um, Minister Mayata was saying, that we're talking about this rapper 2 Chains, and I know a lot of you young people know him, featured with Kanye. He's not just a local rapper down here in Atlanta, but he's made a national name, if not an international name for itself, very popular. And now the brother is running for the mayor of College Park, and College Park has produced many musical greats. We're talking about like the Outkast, Goody Mob, so on and so forth, and some that I'm not even remembering and forgetting, but he's running for mayor. One of the things we're doing as a part of the party down here, and definitely don't forget to start working on that too, Mayata, is hooking up with him, and we want to endorse his support and back his candidacy, you know, to get the young people involved in politics, and that if you have someone coming from that element that can speak our language, that can identify with our struggle, and went on Nancy, uh, Nancy Grace, I believe, with whom I believe she hosts for Fox Network, and shut her down. When she thought she was entertaining some buffoon or some clown, and the brother, what was his grade point he graduated with? 4.0. 4. 4.0. 4.0. So, for my brothers, my young brothers and sisters listening on the line, don't y'all buy into the hype when y'all see these brothers jumping around with these uh, chains and hats turned and slang these. They are very intelligent no. brothers and sisters. And that's the point. That's what that's what I'm trying to get to these knuckleheads, and they don't even understand. How am I 21? I understand, and y'all don't. That's what I mean by sense that's not common. How are you going to go out here, drop out of school, that you can possibly learn how to do the math to manage your money with, to become a rapper that's not even, that's not even promising? For real, mm-hmm. it's the same thing with the NFL draft or the basketball, anything. If you want to get famous, you got to put some work behind it. You can't get it off a whim. And those who do get off a whim don't usually last that long. But if they do last that long, then shoot, somebody's on your side. Right on, right on. And that's what we get, like you said, and that's what we got to work for and work, and that's why you're out there working with the youth. My auntie, we definitely, definitely, definitely appreciate your call. I tell you what, though, um, I'm just going to go on. And if you want to, if you want to, plug back in, I think that you have to push one because I put on push one to take yourself out of the queue and push one one again to come back into the queue. Again, it's New Black Panther Party Radio, the People's Party. This is your national spokesman, Yanga Nkrumah, with National Chairman Abdul Kahar, Chairman Abdul Kahar on the line, talking about principal unity. That was my youth minister out of Atlanta, Georgia, Mayata, and talking about one of the things that can unify and bring the youth together and galvanize the youth. And some of the divisions, like she said, is the music, is the morals and ethics that's being pointed, pushed and promoted to our people, and, and specifically and particularly our young people, is the message in the music. And one of the things we're doing that we pray, that, that prayerfully, that hopefully, will bring back this principle unity, especially down here in Atlanta, Georgia, amongst our young people, is when we found out that um, the rapper 2 Chains was running for a political office that we're going to back and endorse his candidacy. This is what um, we'll hopefully we'll do in our political education process down here in the A, in Atlanta, the A, as we call it, affectionately call it down here in the dirty, dirty, in the South, is 
introduce them to a political process because one of their key figures, someone they look up to and listen to is involved in it. So we hope that we can uh, really start to incite, you know, and encourage and, and motivate our youth to get involved in this. Because like Chairman Carl was saying there again, that we have to understand this struggle is not overnight, but that it is a protracted struggle, a generational struggle, generational movement on this principled uni thing. Chairman Carr, you heard what the youth minister from Atlanta was saying. Was there anything that you would like to add to that question comment? Uh, yes. Uh, first of all, we have to understand that the war and the battle had always been against the youth. See, that's one thing mm -hmm. that, uh, that we don't understand. In order for one to become an elder, he first had to be a youth. Uh, I would hate to see uh sister give birth to a, a old man, you know. Uh, so, 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 so we all were youth, and it depends on what goes into the head. And I tell you, it started with the family. The family is the first organization. The family. Let me repeat it again. The family is the first organization. First, you have to organize the family. That's the first attack that the government does, and he did it during slavery. He divides the family because you know the strength in the family. The father in the family dropped the seed in the young man's head, and he might not understand that seed, but that has been an investment in his memory bank called the mind. So he dropped that seed. Now, he goes out, he might stray away from the family. He might not want to have nothing to do with black nationalism. He might not want to have nothing to do with your form of religion. But because he was raised up in your house, the first place of teaching, and he raised up in your house, and you drop that seed, and I'll give you a good example, a good, good example, and he, you drop that seed, and he go out and become a pimp. He go, goes out and become a hustler. But somewhere in his life, when time get hard, he got something to pull back on. The, he, In other words, he will go to that memory bank, and he will use his credit card, and he will pull that memory out that had been dropped in his head since he was a child. And a good example of that is a brother called Malcolm X. Malcolm was raised in the house of Garvey. He was raised in the house his father was a leader of, in Garvey movement. His mother was a Garvey assistant secretary and worked on the Negro World, one of the greatest newspapers at that time in history. But Malcolm came out of that house and ended up being big red. He ended up being a pimp. He ended up being a drug dealer. He ended up being a hustler. But that seed was in there. See, and if we don't plant a seed, don't expect your son to come out Malcolm. You, we have to have a seed. And so our children, when they do go astray, then they can go back and say, oh, I remember something because oppression breathes and open that mind. See, our children don't know how to survive in the society, and we fall into the criminal element because we didn't drop the seed. We survived when we didn't have nothing but a, but, but, uh, but some, a bowl of beans, and many of us ate that hog chili, but we survived. Why? Because the seed was planted today in our home. We're not planting the seed. The other thing, the number one target of the government is our youth. Why? The youth lead the revolution. Dr. King was a young man. Malcolm was a young man. All of these were young men who had the seed and moved the seed forward. Counterintelligence said, 
stop the rise of Black Messiah, stop the rise of the uh, unity of uh, of uh, of the Black Nationalist formation, and also stop the rise of the youth. And they do not want us to get the youth because the youth are our strength. And if they survive the war on us, then they become our elders. See, so I'm saying that uh, uh, even biblical days when they say, "Oh." A prophet gonna be be born. The first thing they did kill all the male sons. Mm. What do you think they're doing today? And criminalizing right. the male children, locking up the male children, shooting the male children because they do not want that in their own words. Not ours. In their own words, they say we must stop the rise of a black messiah. What they really mean, they stop the rise of a messiah generation. See. And because there's no longer charismatic leadership, it's charismatic collectorship. And that is the youth, and this is why they're targeted and they're afraid of black men today, because they see that Masonic seed that is planted in there. So what they do, they remove the father from the house and separate the father and the mother from the house, so they have a strict target to our youth. They put our youth in prison and get our young girls for their plaything. Yeah. And this is what you see on the street. Our young, young girls dressed like hoochie mamas, and our boys walking around on the bus thinking they're gangsters and thinking that the underground economy of sticking your brother up and killing your brother is what ha- happened because the seed has not been planted, and it's a generation. Let me share this one thing and then open up to a phone, uh, 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 the phone line. One thing I like about being a farmer, one thing I like about being a farmer, when he planted seed, he might not even live to eat from that seed that he planted, but it's guaranteed that his family and the generation will eat from it. But it's also guaranteed if he don't drop nothing, you get nothing. So, mm. so I'm saying the principle of unity starts in the house. It starts in the house, and from the house, it's in the community. And from the from the community, it goes to the national. And I say this again, when it says take a village to raise a child, this is what it simply means. If your father is a respectable man in the community and your mother is a respectable woman in the community, the community will raise you. Believe me, the community will raise you. Say, oh, no, that's so-and-so son. Boy, come here and let me talk to you. Do your mom and daddy know you're doing this? But if your mom and daddy is had themselves not had a seed, then they would look and say, well, he's doing what his daddy and mama are doing. You know, they bought nothing, so he bought nothing. So I'm saying that the attack is on the youth because the youth is what makes the elders. Once again, mm-hmm. an elder ain't born an elder. He's born a youth. And so the counterintelligence government does the youth the way he do the organization. They did not wait till the Black Panther Party become a super strong international organization. They didn't wait right. for the nation of Islam to become a strong super. They didn't wait for the Republic. They didn't wait for RAM. And I can name all these groups. They deal with us in our early development stage. Right now, we had a new election and we're coming together and trying to build. You think that they're going to sit back and let us build? No. That's why right. we must have a principle of unity because the skin color thing came out of this. There was an article in the magazine in 1971 where the skinheads, the Nazi party, 
the uh, 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 National Association of White Folks and the Ku Klux Klan, all the organization came together to form an organization called the Paramilitary Right. And the Paramilitary mm. Right, they flag was a red, white, and blue rattlesnake wrapped around the uh, Statue of Liberty. And they made a statement. They say, we have no confusion by who our enemy are because they skin on the uniform. We didn't say that. Mm. The paramilitary right of white supremacists said that, and they showed it in history. I think it was 1973 when the skinheads and the clans, they came together and they murdered uh, a, 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 a group of white socialists who were called the workers, a, a Social Worker League. They went in their car, put their trunks out on NASA TV, and shot them dead while the police stood there watching them. If they do that to their own, this is the paramilitary right, the coalition of white mm-hmm. supremacists. So mm-hmm. all I'm saying, they have principal unity. The Chinese have principal unity. Principal unity, you know, they right. Have Everybody has. The Japanese let's... ain't going to mess with them. <laughs> right. So, let's go to Chairman so, Khan. Let's go. Let's, let's... I'm sorry, brother. So so that is what what uh, this program about. What are they going to take? See, because we know what they're doing. Yeah. So we can talk all right night on. what they're doing. But... What do we need to do to build the the yeah. the, the principal unity? That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm right looking for. We well, know what they're doing, and they're doing it good. Black power. Let's go to these phone lines. Black power. Let's go to these phone lines, man, because, you you know, you must say something that definitely uh, struck a chord. Let's 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 go to the phone lines. It's my man, too, right here. 770-4387. Brother Big A, what's good, brother? Assalamu alaikum. Big A. How you doing, man? Well, Lingam Salam. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm good, man. Just sitting here doing the blog talk. We talking about this principle of unity. Got uh, Chairman uh, Abdul Kahar on the line coming out. And Brother Big A, man, is a brother down here doing some good work. And, in fact, this is a good call for you to be on principle unity. Give a little background about my dear brother. Uh, you don't mind if I go into a little background about your affiliation outside of just being a Muslim, right? About growth and development, oh, no. right? Yeah, man, that's cool. Yeah, man, brothers, brothers of Muslim work with the brother, brothers of GD working together, man, hooked up with the brother. The brother and I work for the, uh, with the coalition with uh, Amir Khalid Samad uh, out of um, Cleveland doing this thing down. We're doing this thing down here, man. The brother is, man, went to a rally. you talking about Bloods, Crips, Gangster Disciples. Now the brother had coming on to the coalition, signing for this event coming out. If you're in Atlanta, come out Saturday on Cascade the 31st. He just signed the uh, Almighty Nation, Almighty Morris Nation, Black Peace Stones down with it, really bringing his game uh, truce and politicizing and bringing this principle unity to our street tribes and street soldiers. So, you know what, um, Big A, man, I'm glad you called in, brother. I'm really glad you called in, and I always appreciate you supporting and working with me, inviting me to speak. What are some of the things that you use, that you do, to bring about unity, especially amongst these street tribes? And we know we down here in the A where they be going at it, man. So what are the, some of the secrets and some of the tactics you use down here to bring these uh, brothers and sisters together like you've been doing. Oh, I love no, I'm not scared. Like man, like I did about a week ago, I went up, I went up, I went up in, I went up in a trap house and I made prayer, man. They're like, man, right what's wrong? Wait a minute, wait a minute, Big A, Big A, you gotta repeat that one more time for me, brother. What, what's, what's the key thing you said, brother? I ain't scared. You Right on, man. Right on. <laughs> yeah, I, I went up in the trap house and made prayer. Them brothers thought something was wrong with me, man. I went right there with, like, Saturday night, 
they was out there shooting, mm-hmm. right? You know, shooting each other. I'm sitting yeah. right out there in front of the club. They're like, they're like, yeah. y'all like, man, y'all make sure y'all watch some bullets. Man, the people in the club thought yeah. I was crazy. They're like, man, you ain't scared. I'm like, nah, I'm running. And next thing you know, the Muslim brothers come running down the street. They're like, man, them boys, them boys, like, oh, man, the Muslims coming. They're like, they ain't want no problem. Like, hey, bro, they, they know about the West here and not. They know about us. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, hey, bro, yeah. Man, they know about us down here, man. You know, <laughs> you know how we get out. Right. I like, man, y'all, I'm like, y'all don't run nothing, man. Just like I said on Saturday, man. On, on Saturday, I'm like, no, it's gonna be peace. We're gonna have the black, we're gonna have the, the black stones, the, the growth and development, the blood, the crypts, and all I gotta say, get out of line if you want to. You got mm-hmm. what about the police? You got worry about me? Right. I'm gonna let you know, right. bro. You, you better get, you better sit on out here, be cool, and and, 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 and don't start no beef. Right you know, on. I know, I know. Yeah, I know how to get to you. Right on. Like, like that, See, so what like is the thing? Man, we gotta have unity out here. Right. So one of the things you said about about bragging about this principle of unity, and this is why I love working with the brother. And like I said, man, you know, I got those little bragging out there because I went to, you know, an event. And that's why I'm telling you, brother, that Christian blood is marching, you know what I'm saying, for black unity. But one of the things, like the brother's pointing out, and I agree, and let me reiterate, and to make sure you can't be fearful, man up. We got a man up in these streets, a woman up in these streets. We got to realize that these are our people we're dealing with. How are we going to sit back and be scared and spooked from our young people? Those are our children. Scared and spooked from our brothers and sisters who look just like us, and we call in foreign occupiers, foreign invaders to come and deal with the issues of our family, deal with the issues of our community. And we scared to deal with those issues. Man, them niggas crazy. It ain't crazier than you if you want peace, if you want unity. You know, so this is like you said, man, how the brothers working with them, how we working with them, how my chief of staff now is out there working with the Pyro and getting in these streets, getting in these trenches, because we're not afraid. This is real talk. You know what I'm saying? We're about this revolution. Big A, man, boy, I love you. I stay on the line, man. Stay on. I'm going to put your phone back on mute, but if you want to jump back on, you hear anything you want to say, Take press one to take it off, and then press one to come back in, man. And I really appreciate you. Let's go back to these phone lines because, like I said, you know, we're lighting up. Uh, I appreciate everybody for holding. This is New Black Panther Party Radio, the People's Party, the People's Voice, Black Nationalist Network. You're on the line with your national spokesman, uh, Yang and Krumen, our national chairman, Chairman Abdul Kaha. Area code 269-4469. You're on the line. You're on the air live. Black Power, sir, it's good to hear you on the line. Y'all got this thing popping. How y'all feeling? Yeah, Black Power, sir. How are you? How are you? I'm Won't doing you? Well. Let, me, let me introduce you. This is our, this is our National Minister of Justice, Sister Justice, you know, who, who is a very big inspiration to me. Black Power Queen, please give some input, some enlightenment. I am so glad you chimed on. It wouldn't be a show without your voice. Well, um, I, uh, I I have two sons, uh, Yanga. You know that one of them is 27 and the other one is 32. And mm-hmm. raising them, I raised them as a single parent. And there was times when I didn't even know who my own children were in my own home. You know, the mm-hmm. things they were saying. You know, like I got rights, and this is this is a dictatorship. This ain't a democracy, <laughs> but, but my point is these are the things that they was apparently being taught in school. And then there was a mm-hmm. guy that I knew who, who once said, he said the environment goes against us when we be trying to raise our children. And I never saw that any mm-hmm. stronger than when I was raising my boys. Uh, another example, I um, I was looking through his homework, and I seen him doing a book report, and he had to be like maybe in the sixth grade. 
They had mm-hmm. him do the book report like a, a a person in the first grade. I was like, wait a second. I taught him how to do a book report. He goes to school and the teacher writes me this letter. She gonna unteach him. And they say, oh, this is the way we do it. No, you're not. You're going to teach him according to how old he is. You know, right what you teach him is not what's working. But I said that to say that it is the uh, the, the social mechanisms that are at work that go against mm-hmm. us how to deal with our children. However, just like Brother Kahar said, if there's something being taught in the home, they will not, they, they might go buck wild with what they want to do. But mm. they will always come back to it. Primarily, another example is uh, my oldest son. He came to my house one day, and his hand was all bandaged up. I said, what happened to you? Oh, uh, I was with my daughter, and this guy almost ran us over. And when he stopped at the light, when he stopped at the light, I kicked his car. And he get out of his car. He said the first mistake he made, he was white. And the second mm. mistake he made is that he flipped my, he hit my hat. And I now, I never knew that overtly they were learning the principles of black nationalism in my home. But right. again, like Brother Kahar said, it does come out because when he told me the first mistake that guy made was that when he was white, I said, that right there let me know that apparently I was doing something right the whole time. <laughs> Even though the society, the society at large does go against us. And when we're dealing with these young people, I deal with young people all the time, and mm-hmm. I mean, I even deal with I, I, I deal with the street tribes, and a lot of times when you talk to them, you know, like a couple of years ago, they was telling me things like, well, um, I said, where do you see yourself in five years? And they start laughing, I'm going to be dead in five years. And for us to breathe life into them is what I found is essentially important, you know, breathing life into them, letting them know that you, you don't have to be dead in five years. Mm-hmm. That's a choice. You know, and not only that, you got to be able to fight for what it is that you want. And it, right. but they they are they are accustomed and socialized and woven into the structural violent fabric that has been put before them. So they know how to maneuver within those confines, and their only way out is materialism and that disgusting mm-hmm. music. You know, but again, as Brother Kahar said, if you teach them in the home, you're not going to have no problems once they get outside the home. And the thing about it is they can hear all the garbage they want to hear, be as material-minded as they want to, but when it all goes down, when this thing finally does go down, they know just how to conduct themselves. Black Power. I am the National Minister of Justice for the New Black Panther Party, and it's always a pleasure to hear you, Brother Ganger, and also uh, Brother Kahar. Black Power, I love y'all. Black power and and hold tight because you said some key things. Don't think you're getting off that easily. That you may want to chime in because there's some key things you said that I I definitely want to reiterate because our show is all about education. You know, it's not just about entertainment. It's not just about us getting on here and grandizing. One of the things you have to understand about the so Black Panther Party, the People's Party, and this Central Committee, our job is to serve you. You know, and I learned this through our Minister of Justice, who is not just a Minister of Justice, but who is a you know a minister. So she knows about the spirit of administering, the spirit of saving souls and reaching out and the whole um, uh, 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 the shepherd and the flock mentality. And this is what we're getting. You know, these are the type of people that are contributing to our growth and our development on the Central Committee. So this is a, a show, an educational program for you to learn, for me to learn, for all of us to learn together, that unity. But one of the things that you said, though, Queen, that I love that you said, when you talked about that your children, 
your son came in and um, he was saying his rights, and you were saying this is a dictatorship. That and the school, how the school was uh, uh, basically, you know, dumb, dumbing him down. That we see. So is it that they are teaching through this type of attitude, through this type of equality with parent and child? Isn't this a way to break down that unity? And if unity, like Chairman Carr said, isn't in the house, or you don't get unity in the home, then how can you possibly have unity with your neighbor or other people in the street? Do you feel like that that's a tactic to break down the functional unity or principle of unity amongst our people by starting by trying to indoctrinate that in our children early? And who the hell told him he had some rights? Brother Yanger, the biggest thing that I recognize about Hitler is that Hitler uh, did that back in his day. What Hitler did was having, he had the children telling on their parents. Mm. And I mm. noticed that they, they they put that same thing into play today. You know, um, mm. as a matter of fact, among, among other things that they got from the SS and Hitler, the United States, what they took, you know, the things that they do is, you know, inform on your parents, you know, to destroy and weaken the authority of the parents and give it over to the state. And, when these kids come back and they said, and, and he told me that he had uh, he had rights, I was really ready for that one because I'm like, well, if you go outside this door, the iron that I'm using to iron these clothes, I'm going to throw it right in the back of your head. And the first thing he said to me was, I'm going to call the police and tell them that you're holding me against my will. That mm-hmm. was the and, and And see, when these children are told by uh, um, by the local government that they can call the police on you, and this is this is part of the breakdown as to why legally parents have no kind of um, they are some some parents are just afraid of their children, and they are afraid mm. of them primarily because these kids say they don't call the cops on them. Well, yeah. when the cops get here, I hope they take you with them. Because I woke him up that next morning and said, well, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take you to the court and let the court be your parent. And and, and, and he, he respectfully declined that next morning. Because, mm. like, you know, you, you, you got to really take them all the way to the mat when it comes to stuff like that. You got to take them all the way through it. Like, where you going to end up in a group home? You know, because mm-hmm. that is what goes against us is, the governmental control of our children, and legally they mm. want us to have no say over our children, and this is why the majority of our children, and, and just imagine, I'm informed, you're informed, your dad is informed, there's a whole lot of parents that's just not informed, and they're afraid they treat these kids, and that's why yeah. the majority of them, uh, the majority of the parents, they start using drugs, letting the kids bring mm. drugs to their house, they start doing a whole host of things that are inappropriate that destroys the, the family, which thereby destroys the community. But by the same wow. token, it's a lot of um, structural violence that takes place yeah. within the United States that destroys the unit of the black family. And those are the things that we really need to, to deal with. Because as I said, at our, at our um, after school program, we have, we'll mm-hmm. have some kids there. And as soon as they start, the parents start hearing black power, they want to take their kids out of there. Well, you know, well, and, out, and, out, and, of, out of the liberation school in Jersey. Yes. They want to take them yeah. out of the liberation school because they hear in black power. So, wow. um, again, a lot of us sorry, will be a lot. A lot of people will be. Um, a lot of people will, will 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 be called, but not many will be chosen. And those are the things that we have to recognize. Black power, sir. Mm. Black power. 
And so, and, and, and I'm going to go to the next phone line because I see my chief of staff is on the line. He's always ready to come in and chime in. But this is something I want to throw out there, too, for because I'm going to come back to this question. For my man, Big A, for the, uh, for the Minister of Defense of the Black Nationalist Society, Minister Sharif, because what I'm hearing here is the reoccurring theme of one of the principal unities and even for our national chairman to come on. And so think about this, your response to this when I come back to this, is proper enforcement. Our Minister of Justice, she's saying, yeah, they, you know, they thought they were going to come in and wasn't going to be any enforcement in, our, in, our, you know, in my household. I heard um, Big A, my big homie down here, you know, who's definitely down with the Panthers, is talking about, you know, yeah, I'm not scared. I, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be some enforcement of this black unity. And I'm also hearing Defense Minister uh, Sharif talking about it got to be action. And so I'm hearing enforcement. But before we get back and get your responses to those questions, brothers, and I'm going to open your lines up, Let's go to my my defense minister down here. Uh, and Atlanta's showing up and showing out, man. Atlanta, yo, y'all hitting the phone lines? Boy, we must have hit a thing here tonight. Um, Chief, Chief of Staff, Tora, you on the line? Real quick, real quick. Um, Talk to me, like, uh, BA, like BA said, man, you can't be afraid when you go out here and uh, you communicate with the street tribes. Also, you know, it's a principle of meeting them where they at. You know, and letting them know where they at is the same hell that you living in. So then y'all got some common ground, and you can relate. You know, that's all. I, that's all I really had to say. And um, it's a revolutionary environment that we're in right now. You know, I'm noticing that a lot of the young young people are more receptive to revolution. You know, that's uh, right. Due to the tragedies that that uh, we that's had right. over the past few years, and and uh, and how they. Uh, they see how they treat our leaders, how they doing our leaders. Anybody try to lead us in the right direction. So um, they ain't blind out here. They definitely see. Um, like I said, it's just a more conscious environment, and I'm finding it a lot easier to uh, work and move out here. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And we finally get down, and, and this is one of the things, like I said, man, I give props to my chief of staff, you know, getting out there and he's getting there and going after those young soldiers like that. And this is what we do. And, you know, I'm going to pat myself on the back, you know, a little bit like that because that's the leadership that I encourage. They know what type of people, my XO, my right hand, my man, he knows what type of brothers and sisters that I'm after because I do. I've always felt like that our street tribes have been molded in the most revolutionary conditions. They're birthed under fire. They're birthed into combat and taking a page out of um, – Chairman, Deputy Chairman Fran Hamps' book and the original Rainbow Coalition, if we politicize our street tribes, this is one of the ways we're going to get principled unity, that we understand that we're showing them and teaching them that the name might be different. I wish my man Dot was on. I wish this young brother that just came in um, by the name of Dot, man, who signed up, was on. He was breaking down what Pyru was and the revolution. That man, very impressed with this. How old is he, Chief? 17? Yeah, Dot 17. 17, you got to hear this young brother, dynamic. I mean, he he shatters any conceptions that the, you know, white media that the world gives us of these brothers and sisters in street tribes, man, very articulate, very perceptive, you know, um, you know, conscious, cognitive of, of, of what he's talking about, not just blabbling all over the place, direct, decisive. I was very impressed. And one of the things that he was breaking down was the meeting of Piru and the revolutionary origin of it. You know what I'm saying? And then it went back to, you know, like with the Crips and with the Gangster Disciples and all of these things were revolutionary, were birthed out of a revolutionary understanding that when they came against the third development Panthers, 
that when they came against the third development Panthers, to many of the brothers and sisters who aren't right now having been introduced to the understanding and the teachings of the Panther developments, which the PEC and the Black Panther Party, New Black Panther Party, the People's Party under the leadership of National Chairman Carr will be introducing these teachings and this understanding to you. But for those who don't understand, that, that development of Panther under that was founded or taken or brought into fruition by Bobby Seals and Hugh Newton was that um, after the government, after COINTELPRO went after them and destroyed them, they still had seeds and offspring, and me being one of those seeds. And they had people that still influenced their children who still looked up to and who parents was targeted and murdered and uh, um, went in the underground and some incarcerated. What happened to these children? That was a question that never asked. This is why we talk about a protracted struggle. What happened to these children that were introduced to this revolutionary teaching, but the structure where this revolutionary teachings could be molded in development, developed were destroyed. Well, they became our crypts and our blood, our gangster disciples, our Mr. Hoover, Chairman Hoover, our Jeff Forts, uh, you know what I'm saying, our Tukies, our Raymond Washington, uh, you know, and if I'm forgetting any of the leaders, it's, it's purely by accident. You know, they became these brothers and sisters and these formations. And these formations were attacked, and like the Panthers and their leaders, incarcerated, breaking down the principal unity, turning them into um, just roving bands of tyrants and pirates and bandits when they were neighborhood defense groups. You know, so these are the people down here in Atlanta we're going after. We understand this protracted struggle with the youth. And there again, brothers and sisters, if you want to chime in, coming in our last 30 minutes, um, uh, our lines are open. You can press press one, and you will be recognized. But right now, I'm I'm going to open up the defense minister line from the Black Nationalist Society, Brother Sharif. Are you there? Can you hear me? And we're going to open up uh, Brother Big A's line. Yes. Well, I'm sorry. You're there. Okay, brothers, and listen, and, and keep the line open, and even uh, and so I got your line open, and Sister Justin, I got your line open. I want to go to that question I was talking about, and, and we're going to start off with our national chairman, Kahar. We're talking about, and when we were talking about principal unity, I heard a reoccurring theme, and that theme being the theme of enforcement, being able to enforce. Chairman Kahar, my question is, you know, how far do you go in enforcement, and what can actually be constituted as enforcement of a principal unity or holding our community accountable, our organization, organizations accountable to keeping this unity? I'm on the street. Oh, excuse me. All right. Chairman Kai, you there? Are you kidding? Yeah. Uh, could you repeat that again because uh, I heard background. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, okay. So the question is, like I was saying, the reoccurring theme that I constantly heard was that of enforcement. We heard, you know, um, uh, Sister Justice was saying about how they tried to come into our household, how she had to reinforce the thing that this is not a democracy in my household. You know what I'm saying? A, you know, I'm the parent. I rule. And we heard Big A saying I'm not scared. So on principle unity. You know, in, in order to have effective unity in the street, that there has to be some enforcement, some accountability. So exactly what is enforcement and holding people accountable to, and how far do you go? How far is too far in enforcement? Well, let me just uh, share this. And then I go back again in terms of, of, of uh, principle unity, and I use the example of the human body in terms of the head, the heart, the arms, the liver, and all this play a part 
and the body, and that's what a group of people is called a body, a body of people. So I I use this, and I'm going to tell you where the enforcement comes in at. I use the human body as a great example. If one part of your body catch cancer, do you let it stay there or you cut it off? And I'm saying if there's a cancer in our community, if there are drugs in our community, then we then we remove that. And uh, you know that for yourself. When we moved against the heroin dealers uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, in the 60s and exposed the policemen who the main drug dealers and the main enforcers to protect their dealers on, up on the streets, I will remove and frame and the police and the drug dealer put a contract on my life, but they weren't able to exercise that uh, contract because the masses of people have supported our stand. So you go where the people's at. And I'm saying at that time, the uh, Herald Academic, which is coming back now, back then the movement was to drive up the community. And the parents and the people in the community, when they came and locked us up, the courtroom was for the people who demonstrated the people. It was the people that freed us because we was happen. We was aiding the community. Why? You don't let a cancer stay on your body because eventually it will destroy the whole body. So if you yeah. got a cancer in your community, you remove that cancer. If you got elements in your community, they don't give a damn if they look like you and I, and they are causing havoc. You have to get rid of the banditry in our community. If they do not follow the principle of unity in terms of the community, then that element, I don't care who it is, has to be removed. We have to understand black nationalism don't mean that everything black is down with you. Okay? Mm. Black nationalism is a philosophy of morality, morals, spiritually, culturally. Black nationalism is a holistic way of living. And so mm-hmm. when uh, brothers come, and uh, I have brothers come to me and say, well, brother, man, I just knocked down a, a old white woman and took her purse. And he looked at me like that was real good. Brother, if you ain't got an ideology of black nationalism, that could have been my old black grandmama. Because yeah. you have you have take on the philosophy of a thief. You have take on mm. the philosophy of the same European that stole you and brought us here. We cannot justify blackness and use the mentality of this European. See, so black nationalism must be enforced and it has to be enforced morally. You can't be a black nationalist going around hitting sisters in the head, putting your uh, uh, robbing them and snatching little girls and snatching little boys, and then you come back and and you throw the black power sign up to me and say black power. No, Negro, that ain't no black power. You know, <laughs> right on. So we saying, so we saying, we saying it has to be enforced, and and we have to be the law enforcement back in the day. And and I let people come in because of time. That's why I'm speaking so fast. Back in the day, under segregation, which was an undeclared black nationalist state, white folks called it segregation. I called it black nationalism because we had our movies, our theaters, and we had moral principles. If there was a brother in the community that was wrong, the brothers would get that brother, put him on a freight train, take him, put him on a freight train with the hobos, and send that nigga out of town. So he got to get out of here. These were the men in force, so I'm saying when I walk up to a brother and snatch him, a brother, he's black, and you supposed to be a black nationalist. No, this brother has infiltrated us with a white mentality, and we have gave him a chance 
He got the message. He understands the message, and that must be reinforced. No, we're not going to allow rape of our women by someone that looked like us. No, we're not going to lie about a breaking our house and molested our children that looked like us. That ain't black nationalism. So, yeah, right on. it definitely has to be there, and that's our 3D. Define who we are, develop who we are, and defend who we are. Right. That's it. Right. Right the on. DVDs tell us what that about. Right on. Let, let's go. You know what, Chairman Carl? Let's go to the phone line. We got these phone lines lighting up. Let's go to the uh, phone lines one time. And we're talking 678 Yes. Hi. How is everybody doing? Everybody How about you? Um, I'm I'm great. I'm great. I'm so happy to be able to be online with everybody, um, especially the you know, the the revolution, the Black Panthers, because I followed y'all for all my life. I was brought up, you know, in, in, in that pro black atmosphere. Um, I love my African-American people. I love my black, you know, community. I love them. I love them. I love them. Um, I just wanted to say this um, real quick. Um, I see there's, you know, in, in this younger generation, and I am still a part of it. Um, I'm just 27. But um, I see in a lot of this younger generation, you know, people are, are downing our own people because I feel like, you know, the, the Caucasian community, whatever, has a lot of these younger, um, younger, you know, generation of people, whatever, their minds so messed up to the point where they're being so accepted, you know what I'm saying, of, of certain things. Um, I also feel like as black people, um, you know, some of us don't lift up, you know what I'm saying, each other as we should, like, just like how, you know, the um, the young man was saying earlier, you know what I'm saying, if there's a cancer in your community, remove that cancer. But at the same time, young if man. you don't have another avenue for these young men or these young women, you know what I'm saying, that's like you're degrading them, but you're not extending a hand, you know what I'm saying, out to these people. If they shut that hand down, then that's on them. You understand what I'm saying? So I totally I, I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. Um, it, it's just so much turmoil in the black community as as of right now and as it's always been because of, you know, other races. And it's not just, you know, white people, it's other races. And we have it in our minds that we're so accepting of what they perceive us to be. I feel like that's where a lot of this you know, recklessness is coming from. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm a black woman, proud black woman, but I don't want to be seen or judged as me having an attitude all the time because I'm strong or me being, you know what I'm saying, somewhat independent or whatever. Like, I don't want to be looked at as far as me being a black woman, just like I don't want another race look at my black men because they have been going through so much or whatever to the point where they're they're taking that and they're being accepting of that and they're going with that to the point where they think that it's okay to be a drug dealer or it's okay to go out here robbing people or whatever to come up. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to take from another person or do this or whatever because other people have it in your mind that that's all that you can be. We have a lot of successful black men and black women out here. I just don't understand where where so much of this is coming from. So I applaud Y'all, you know what I'm saying, as far as dealing with the black community, as far as dealing with 
everything. I applaud y'all so much. I love y'all. I love the Black Panthers so much. I swear, like, I'm getting emotional right now because I was brought up, you know what I'm saying, on the history. And I just want to congratulate y'all and thank y'all so much for everything that y'all are doing. I just want that's all Man, I wanted right to on. say. Right on. And we thank you so much for that call, sister. We definitely appreciate that. And to go a little bit always, into that, always. And, 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 and to go a little bit into that, you're absolutely right. But due to what we call socioeconomic conditions, our young men and women are put in positions where they don't make the best decisions. You know, we have mm-hmm. a few uh, successful Africans here in America because they have to, just for appearance sake, you know, on a mm-hmm. world scale, when, you, when you're the world leader like you are, when you, you have to, for appearance sake, you have to present a certain face to the world. So for appearance sake, they will allow a few black people who have, pass their test. And this is not knocking my educated brothers and sisters, please. Believe me. Get your education. Especially if you're getting that education and you're coming back to our community and you're building our community, you're enhancing our community, you're there for the positive uplifting and reinforcing strong moral and ethics in our community, then I encourage um, those educations. But they allow a few who get these master's degrees. And they're just that, brothers and sisters, your master's degree. You have your master's degree that says he has stamped you with a seal of approval and he allows you to slip through these cracks and to present it to the world, you know, you present it to the world. See, the Negro is only holding himself back. Mm. But capitalism uh, is, it was based on the exploitation and oppression of a people and it has created a class system and they always have to have a nigga. Whether that nigga is in skin color or just in a mentality, they always have to have a nigga. And right now, since they have trained the black man and woman here in America to be a nigga, it's easier to keep reinforcing that nigga stereotype, to re- keep uh, reinforcing a nigga lifestyle. When you look in our neighborhoods, we have the worst food. Look at our grocery stores. Why? I went to a grocery store in a white neighborhood, and me and my minister of information, we always tease about this and, and, and play about it. I went in their neighborhood to that grocery store. I went into the produce section. And if they had the simulated lightning, I heard a and the little <laughs> rainfall come down. You know what I'm saying? They love their vegetables so much, they simulate a storm. Go in the neighborhood, go into the programs in our neighborhood, all I heard was buzzing light. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, can we get a little rainfall or something? Trick our vegetables. And take it you know what I'm saying? So we don't have that, that luxury. So what we have to do is start to understand and not be afraid of what is natural. And what is natural is black nationalism. It is natural mm-hmm. to want to help people who look like you, identify like you. It is unnatural to rob, maim, kill, murder a people who looks like you for no mm-hmm. other reason. Just to, you know, it would be unnatural. You know, when we see, uh, we call them predators. When we see vultures and other birds eating their own type, we look at that as like, man, what the hell kind of animal is this? What is strange about this? But we perpetrate these flaws and these crimes and the most horrendous behavior against our own without no conscience. And I'm allow a national chairman to come in, but before we do, Brother Chairman, let me go to one more call because I know there's some things on that um, that our beautiful sister was saying that you wanted to address, but I definitely want to go to this other call in the A because, I mean, Atlanta is on the line. Area code 404-268. I mean, 2681. You're on the line. Hey, peace and blessings, brother. Uh, this is Brother Ears out of the ATL, man. How y'all doing, man? Man, we're good, doing brother. Fine. How about yourself? Hey, I'm good. I'm good, man. I've uh, only been tuning in for about 10 minutes uh, after getting uh, 
message that y'all was online, man, and uh, I appreciate uh, this this conversation, man, is much needed. You know what I mean? Extremely necessary. Uh, I, I just got a couple questions. I, you know, I've been a, a, a part of the movement for a minute, and I, I see uh, a huge, huge change from the time that I first, uh, you know, uh, grasped onto the consciousness and became active in the movement. Uh, as opposed to now in 2015, it just feels like a lot of the theories and practices that we held is no longer applicable. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, black nationalism got to be redefined. And, you know, our strategies and tactics, you did what I'm saying, for uh, a revolutionary agenda got to be redefined as well. It seemed like we got the same outdated theories and practices. One of those things, you did what I'm saying, is how we identify, you did what I'm saying, the, the brothers and sisters in the community uh, uh, as as a cancer. You know what I mean? Uh, with respect to what you said, I, I, I honor what you were saying, but I think how, the way that we approach these brothers either makes them, and the sisters, either makes them either more hard or they see that we approach them with love, you know what I mean? Because their condition is not of their own doing, you know what I mean? The cancer mm-hmm. is the individuals who perpetrated this bullshit in the first place. And then we, right we start putting it out on the brothers and sisters in the community who are just out here, you know what I'm saying, in many cases, just trying to survive. They don't know if they're coming or going. You know what I mean? But if we, we start identifying them uh, as cancers and, you know, these, these, these niggas ain't shit, we need to get rid of them type, type no, ideas. No, that ain't what I said. No. <laughs> no, I ain't saying what you're saying. So I'm saying I don't know what you're saying, but I want to I just highlight that, you know, uh, in, in that approach. Because, like, that, they, they, got this, they got this concept towards us, just lock them up, throw away the key. We can't do nothing with them, get rid of them type thing, right? And I, I just want you to highlight that because there's a lot of listeners out there who, who might not be able to articulate certain things and, and, or might not know how to, you know, just get on this this, this phone and ask y'all some questions. So I'm just throwing that out there. Right on, brother. Okay. Sherman Cobb. Yeah, let me, let me clear that up. Yes, sir. I, this did not go with the masses. I compared the body. I said yes, if there's a part of the body that got a cancer, you don't kill the whole body you take that cancer uh, loose. When I'm talking about principle of unity, there's people that are out there that are conscious. They are agents of yes. white supremacy. And these people are conscious. They have made a decision to kill you for the slave master. Indeed. And when I say that, I'm saying that when you look at Cuba, uh, 90-something miles from Key West, but America could not deal with them because they clean their society, united their society. Yes, China, sir. they clean their society, united their society by removing that council element. Any country that have liberation, you go in that country, you don't see the decadent in this country. In, uh, excuse me, in no country. Not because of the people, but because of the element that is conscious element. That is conscious. There are brothers and sisters who are consciously knowing that they are working for the enemy and yes, that sir. they will not settle until the enemy has totally destroyed us. It was yes. the ignorant brothers uh, that took Brother Malcolm out. It was the ignorant brothers and sisters who consciously, let me take that even away, consciously by counterintelligence, job is to eliminate 
this leadership. So when I say our brothers and sisters, no, I'm in down with the brothers every day. Matter of fact, I don't believe in the black grassroots. I believe in the dirt, and that's deeper than the grass. And I'm saying that I'm with the masses of brothers and sisters out there, but there's brothers and sisters who is conscious, paid, live by the code of counterintelligence job to destroy yes. leadership. Yes, sir. By any means necessary. Yes, and sir. they must be removed. And as a brother said a long time ago, the closest enemy that can get to you is one who looks like you. Yes, sir. And that's all I'm saying, that the that the federal government could not infiltrate Marcus Garvey movement because they were mm-hmm. all black, so the, the FBI had to integrate its own agency in order for them to train Negroes to go inside our organization. That's right. right so on. when right I made on. a statement about the masses of people, no, brother, you can't be a revolutionary without being a lover. And you sure can't be no freedom fighter without being a lover. And I like to make this clear. One of the reasons the Liberation Army and many of our armed uh, resistance forces in America are in prison now and was able to be uh, murdered on the streets is because like of a political ground apparatus to explain yes, the movement of our military wing. Yes, sir. And in every country, they have a political apparatus will explain to the people the enemy and why certain things have been moved on. And that's all we're saying, keeping the people informed. And in that's order right for on. us to build a revolution, we have to clean the community up. And that's all I'm saying. Well, I appreciate you, and I appreciate that clarity for, 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 for all that's listening, you know what I mean? And uh, like I said, I salute you. I, I look forward to working with y'all. Hey, and uh, in the future, brother, we preach. I'm sorry, brother. Go ahead. Go ahead, No, I was saying, brother, we appreciate your call. You sound real hip, and you down here in Atlanta, man. I expect for you to. Um, this is uh, a national spokesman, Jimmy Kahada, chairman in Atlanta, Georgia, man. I definitely, definitely, definitely need to hook up with you, talk to you one on one, man, because you sound like a brother that can be used. You know, what I'm saying with the party down here, man, to help prepare some things. I don't know if you yeah. know Tahura. In fact. Let me shoot this out here for brothers and sisters got their pen. If you're in the Atlanta area, let me throw our party number out there. Our number, if you're in the ATL and you want to hook up with the Panthers in the ATL, you want to rap with Chairman Yanga, my chief of staff, Tahuru, my minister of information, Black Sun, my assistant, my um, minister of youth, my Yato, whatever, my national, I mean my um, central committee, and my, my soldiers. My, our number is area code 510. Eight seven seven zero seven two zero. Again, five one zero eight seven seven zero seven two zero. That's for the ATL Panthers. Come down here, check us out, see what we're doing, see how we motivate, moving the people. We're going. Let's keep going to these phone lines in these last couple of minutes um, that we got right here. Let's do it. We're going to area code. Four zero four nine seven one seven. You're on the line. MB not New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, People's Radio, People's Voice, Black Nationalist Network. Your mic is open. Peace and blessings, family. This is Brother Hess calling from the inside, and I just want to salute everybody. I want to thank my brother Big A for uh, tapping me in to this line, and I want to definitely give a big shout out to the Honorable Chairman and Mr. Larry Hoover. You know, what I mean, I listened yes, to everything that was said, and I definitely want to salute Is for. Speaking up on the fact that 
we got to update the language. You know what I mean? If we don't understand the language that the people will understand, then we're not going to give an understanding. And I look back at what the sister shared earlier this evening about knowing the history, you know what I mean, knowing the struggle of those throughout, you know what I mean, the black liberation Mm -hmm. movement, the black nationalist movement, you know what I mean, what Malcolm X did when he left the Nation of Islam, what he created and how people like uh, Matula Shakur, you know what I mean, Mr. Sekou Odinga, you know what I mean? They experienced yes, all these things up in New York. You know what I mean? They went from this movement to that movement, wherever it was active and it was involved and it was getting into the streets, it was getting into the minds and the hearts of our fellow people. They was there. They was uplifting it. Wasn't nobody hating on nobody else. They was encouraging, you know what I mean, expressing where you play a part at on these front lines. That's it and that's all. And so, you know what I mean? You know, I understand also what our elder, you know what I mean, just spoke on. You know what I'm saying? If somebody's sick, man, get them up out of here. You know what I mean? They don't have no place, you know what I'm saying, on these front lines unless they healthy. Because one bad apple right. going to ruin the whole bunch, you know what I'm saying? And if we have mm-hmm. bad apples out here, you know what I'm saying, it, it's better to, to pluck one out. It's just like they say in the Bible or whatever else you want to read, it's better to take that hand off your body, you know what I'm saying, than allow that to lead you into the gates of hell, you dig? So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just in tune with the movement. I definitely want to send a big shout-out to everybody that's going to be out there on Cascade, man. You know what I mean? With growth and development, with the Righteous Blood movement, with the uh, Black Panther Party, as well as the uh, Stones and everybody else that Big A been working so hard and dedicating himself to, you know what I mean, to bring together, man. Salute to the West End movement. Uh, Salute to everybody, man, throughout ATL. Peace and blessings, family. Man, man, big salute to our soldiers behind enemy lines, baby. And and know that, let our soldiers know they never forgot. You know what I'm saying? Down for a minute, never forgotten. Like my man said, big shout out to um, Chairman Hoover, man, free Chairman Hoover. We know they scared that power to growth and development, doing big things. And like the brother said, to my brother, Big A, who is definitely out here doing his thing in the street, that just, just not talking about that action, but actually walking that action, you know what I'm saying, and doing those things, getting in those trenches, dealing with the various street tribes and stuff and pulling together. So big salute to you too, brother, man, for calling in and, and, and doing your thing. Like I said, let's go to – um. One more line we're in our, in, coming down in our last minutes. This is my dear sister here who I've been working with. It's always a pleasure to work with. Always a pleasure to work with. Her energy is just effective. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm talking about just boom and trying to free. While we saying, you know, free Chairman Hoover, definitely got to say free Dr. Malachi York. Get him up out of there. You know what I'm saying? Free them all. My dear sister, Mayad. Mayad, how you doing, Queen? Uh, pardon self. How you doing? How you doing, black woman? You on? You live there? Can you hear me? Maya. No. Can you hear me? Oh, I'm sorry. It might not have been. I'm I'm sorry. I'm, I may have been mistaken. Number. Area code four seven zero one seven zero one. You live. Okay, well, let's keep it rolling in these last five minutes. Because we definitely want to, you know, we definitely want to let everybody know that we appreciate everybody that has called in on the lines. Let us know that this is what we're doing, trying to push and promote this black nationalism. This is the principle of unity. This is what we're talking about. This is the only thing, this is the common, the common denominator that we have. This is what's going to transcend our so-called religions, our so-called um, 
um, um, uh, street tribal differences, uh, 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 social clubs, our fraternities, our sororities, any differences we may have. The thing that, like, I, like um, the beautiful brother, the minister of defense of the Black Nationalist Society, Minister Sharif said, our skin is our uniform. Our skin is our uniform. Before we tan it up, before we brand it up, before we start putting colors on it, this and that, we are one people. You know what I'm saying? We're right. under one struggle, one ideology. We looked at the enemy sees us as one, and that's how they're coming at us. You know what I'm saying? So until we get it together and have an ideology and a methodology and a concept that promotes that unity, that promotes that progressive movement, that promotes a strong defense and defense, not always just in physical, but mental, psychological, emotional defense against the onslaught, against the war that has been waged against an African people here in America. So you have to remember brothers and sisters, you were brought here for one reason and one reason only. And that was to make this country rich. So when we talk about a white supremacist lifestyle, white supremacy just doesn't necessarily mean a people with a white skin getting over but a white supremacist system is a system that ensures that their culture they're not just their kind you know what I'm saying not just their white skin will be continuous but that their culture how do a people survive by their culture when their culture right. survives like rome hasn't fallen people think rome is dead rome hasn't fallen i can show you some pictures of roman of of julius caesar Standing there with the with a with an eagle and everything, and then show you a picture of the president with the same eagle and the same thing. So the culture of Rome has been continuous. So Rome isn't dead. So the culture of a European culture, white supremacist culture, is going to be continuous, not because white people are continuous, but because they have put a system such in place that even us as unsuspecting Negroes, some of us unsuspecting Negroes, some of us suspected Negroes and knowing Negroes, perpetrate a white supremacist culture. This is how they're going to destroy the African culture or the African man and woman. They're not going to destroy every man. Black people like roaches. You can't kill us. We won't die. You can't kill us. We refuse to ethnically. You know what I'm saying? As a black people, we won't die. But how would they destroy the African culture? By destroying the African history. How do they destroy Africa? By destroying the African history and culture. They rewriting our history every day. We don't know the truths about King, about Malcolm. And this is why we think that we have a national leader, a national chairman like Chairman Kahar, who has lived through these things, who, have, who, who will be able to help this uh, formation, this development of the Panthers, this generation of Panthers and freedom fighters not fall in the same pitfalls and traps. And so with that, I'm not even going to be long-winded. Let's take in our last couple minutes, since we have three, and turn it over to our national chairman, uh, Chairman Kahar, and he may close out the show. So from your national spokesman, Brother Yang and Krumah, man, I love every one of y'all. Definitely and most definitely a black power and continue to fight. National chairman, the floor is yours, sir. I would like to end it by the Honorable Michael Messiah Gavi said, a person not responsible for their birth responsible for the action and you know what a person thinking by the person action honorable Marcus Messiah God gave us one God one aim and one destiny and as we say in Cleveland one God one aim one destiny and one enemy and that enemy is ignorant and so we have to move forward with that and as I always end in the spiritual saying I feel you different 
different tribes. Not that you might despise one another, but that you might know one another and that we might cherish in that differences as I created you male and female. Not that you find hatred between one another, but truly love and tranquility between each other. And this is what we're all about. We are many tribes, and that's the beauty of it. But we were created to know and cherish in each other. And I end with the humor. I will show hate to have a wife, and I hug her and ready to make a child, and she looked like me. I'm so glad that she was created different, and that's the beauty of male and female, and that's the beauty of organization. So it's a good program. We have some more. We hope that more people come in because when all minds get together and begin to work together, and like we always say, Right-minded people talk and right conversation. This one about the Super Bowl game. This was about you and I dealing with principal unity. Thank you very much, and everybody have definitely Black Power Night, and Black Power is just only a slogan and a goal and objective that we're trying to work for. Black Power for our people. Niggas are scared of revolution. But niggas shouldn't be scared of revolution. Because revolution is nothing but change. And all niggas do is change. Niggas come in for murder and change into pimping clothes. The industry to make some quick change. Niggas change their hair from black to red to blonde. And old black hair that looks for change. Niggas kill other niggas just because one didn't receive the correct change. Niggas change from men to women, from women to men. Niggas change, change, change. You hear niggas say, things are changing, things are changing. Yeah, things are changing. Nigga things into black nigga things. Black nigga things that go through all kinds of changes. The change in the day that makes it rat and rave. Black power, black power, and the change that comes over them at night as they sigh and moan. I die. Ooh, I die. Niggas always. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.